This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. You know, we need we all we all sometimes need help every now and then. And uh, this week's topic, we're going to talk about GM tips and hacks that are our favorites. Um, we're all going to kind of give you our, uh, our suggestions that we kind of use. Um, yeah, that's about it. It's been kind of a light week for everybody. This is, uh, uh, it's been kind of crazy lately. So yeah, hopefully y'all are getting gaming. Hopefully you'll uh, find some value in this podcast and uh yeah we'll probably just talk about gaming tips and tricks and hacks this week it's the cat of good casts episode 124. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cat of Good Cast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. How are we doing, everyone? Welcome back. It's another week of awesomeness. It is. And it's 9 o'clock, so. we can tell. And it's 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah, I got <laughs> the, have the giant bell tower that's next to my store going up. <laughs> I was wondering what that noise was. Yep. Artist, <laughs> illustrator of Age of Night, the popular webcomic, the one and only Amanda Call. Hello. Also known as Barney 2.0. Okay. Bigger, better, badder, faster, stronger. Sure. And without the dad jokes. Yeah, no dad mm. jokes. And of course, our geek of the north, the one and only Jason Hunt. Hello, everybody. It's been a while. It's been it's been a little while. Yeah. Mm. When, mm. when was the last? Didn't time you? I missed the last show. So two weeks. Two weeks. That that's that it. was right when they had the giant snowstorm that snowed you in, right? And that's why Actually, you were gone. We are so. currently having a giant snowstorm right now. We're expected to get a foot of snow overnight. Nice. Oh gosh, no way. Ugh. Super just, fun. Just so all the viewers know just how north the Geek of the North is. Right. Jason <laughs> like, lives in the Arctic Circle. so Practically, honestly, it feels very, like that sometimes. Very nearly. Now, now Jason, Jason is, is flexing his new uh, green screen. For those, for those of you that are listening to the audio podcast right now, you can join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can see Jason flex on screen. Well, not flex like flex, but yeah. like mm. you see, see him. Uh, <laughs> check it. Right oh. now, it, looks, it looks like you've got Unicron in the back there. Uh, uh, this uh, is actually a uh, Deluxe Desktop wallpaper that I got from the Iron Sworn Starforged uh, Kickstarter. Really? Because it mm. looks like it looks. Do you remember the Michael? It does Black sort of look Michael like Unicron yeah. poking out in the background there. Yeah. It looks. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Unicron. Still out working on it though, because I got. Yeah. I still got this. This action over here going on. That's kind of annoying. I got to figure that out yet. Yeah, okay. a little, little fuzzy it's, in that corner. It's, it's, Work in it's, progress. It's it's usually the lighting. Jason. I have to sit this close to y'all because the green screen's only a big circle around me. So if I if I get too far away from the screen, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Reality bends. Oh no. Uh, Hungry says uh, Jason lives next to J or Santa lives next to Jason. I was gonna say Jason lives next to Santa. You should see. We have a lady here who does uh, Santa shoots at um, at her uh, Photoshop place. She's yeah. literally like a Canadian and international award winning photographer who lives in Coal Lake. At, oh. well, that's where she's where I live, folks. Yeah. Um, 
and she does this neat little shoot thing they team up with a local area um guy that does backdrops and they do santa claus shoots with the kids yeah so santa hangs out with your kids for like 45 minutes wow that's a long time and you do arts and crafts you can open some presents uh if you want to bring a couple of easy presents they'll do he'll do whatever the heck like they get down on the floor they're rolling around having fun he plays with pets he basically just entertains your children for 45 minutes and uh this lady whose name is uh, susie o'connor if you want to look her up she's she's an amazing one yeah and she's an amazing art artist with her camera that's really come out looking phenomenal now after after 45 minutes does santa die of heat stroke because that's i uh, kind of wonder (laughs) because he's in full costume he's got the furry beard and everything like it's crazy people don't realize that those santa costumes are are super super hot not designed for convenience that's for sure they're not yeah so uh, Jody, uh, Jody says uh, 12 inches of snow would bring would close, close my state, state down. down. <laughs> it would probably close our state down too, but we, we get a lot of snow. But you know, any, yeah. I mean, it, would, it would close down our state snow. for like a couple of hours, and then right. we'd be like, right. okay, we're ready to go now. We're, yeah. we're good. We're back. It, it is getting that time <laughs> of year. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon uh, wants to know: Is it the real Santa? Uh, well, I, I would be telling. I mean. <laughs> Isn't aren't they all real Santas? If you ask Santa, he'll say that those people are just helping him as Santa. Oh, they are. They are. They are. What do they? What do they call them? When uh, when they're in the, again in fantasy games, when a religious entity has um, avatars. He, they're all avatars yeah, of they're Santa. All avatars <laughs> of Santa. Exactly. That's the word. Uh. <laughs> I love this game. Matthew says everyone's background looks awesome except for Doug. It looks like you got shoved in the closet. Basically, yes, that's that's kind of what it's like. Here. Isn't that your dining room, Doug? It's my dining room. It's turned into like my streaming. Uh, yeah, there's oh, what you guys streaming don't realize game. is that this is my shipping hub. This is like every. This is the place where I paint. This is it's where like, VCG gaming happens. And that's whenever I come to, to you move. again, we're gonna have to just eat on the floor because <laughs> right. now your dining room is full of all of this. No room in the dining room. What we need to do is I. This is why I need to move, and this is why we're in the process of trying to move, uh, because I need an actual studio. Because like this, it's just you got a lot going on. A lot. It's a lot. And now your family has to eat on the floor. Um, over the dining room. <laughs> Brandon says, "Should we crowdfund Doug a green screen?" No, I actually have a. I actually have. He a has green one. He has a nice yeah. one. I mean, I could put it up if I really wanted to. I mean, if you all wanted, if you all don't want to look at the mess in the back, <laughs> do we, do we, you don't want to see the Harry Potter closet back there. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew says, "Lol, where the VCG magic happens." Oh man. I mean, this right here. This, I mean, if you all know me. Like, I feel like this the, is a this great is image. Angle. This is a great image of what my personality of what I'm yes. <laughs> yep. Don't think so. I didn't see that Twilight 2000 box in the background, you bad man. Oh, yeah, it is back there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, humble brag, humble brag. So, so let me point this out too, Jason. Uh, when we were at CarnishCon, uh, Doug brought a couple of copies of Twilight and was selling them before Kickstarter backers I had theirs. Oh, no. Kickstarter oh. backers—they're on, the, on the way to Kickstarter backers. Most of the Kickstarter backers have already got them, except for uh, can- Canadians, I guess, because, oh. because uh, Jason's evidently looking at me funny. My um, mine is in Edmonton right now, which is uh, a quick four-hour drive away. So, so I, I can expect delivery on the twenty-second. So seven days from now. Awesome. 
I, I, it's a really great set box set to be honest with you. And there's a lot of content in it, and and it, it's really. I mean, this is going to turn into an, a, a a freely uh, Twilight 2000 plug and and review uh, episode. Uh, but it's a great <laughs> box set. Pick up and play. Terrific. Lots of content. You're going to love it. I'm excited to see what everybody thinks. Please uh, take it. Take it away from the nostalgia people. Please make it a I new thing. Be, I, there, it is a new thing, but it has some of that old, the the, the old. It does, thing, uh, and in it, some so in some good. cases, that's not a good thing. So, um, I, I'm hoping we see a lot of new players. I, I will be at uh, PAX Unplugged uh, with copies. So if you missed out on the Kickstarter and you're going to PAX Unplugged, make sure to hit me up early. When on is PAX at, Unplugged? Uh, December. The first weekend in December. Okay, so 11, I'll have mine by then. Because I swear to God, if you go to two conventions and have it before I do, boy howdy. <laughs> That's uh, not going to no. go well for you. <laughs> uh, just uh, we'll have copies of it there. I'm really excited. Uh, get to the booth for, uh, early on. Uh, be glad to, to hook you up if you didn't miss out on the Kickstarter <laughs> because I'm telling you right now, I, I did a video on the Freely YouTube channel where I, I we kind of went over all the core products that, that are offered in this initial wave. And that box set is four and a half pounds. That's a heavy, heavy box set. It's pretty good. Crazy, crazy. Uh, Matthew says, uh, I got it last week. It was really full of awesome stuff. Nice. Awesome. You suck, Matthew. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> you better enjoy it. I love, I love how, how, how welcoming I am. And how, like, Jason's like, you just Jason, great stuff. Jason, like, you, you, you live in the hinterland. Like this. I know like that. <laughs> This doesn't you make to, me any less jealous. You have you have to wait for the Pony Express to make the uh, weekly round right? to your to your outpost. Mm. It literally goes to like fourteen different locations before it arrives to me. It, it seems like that's a lot. Like around here, that seems to be the case too. Like we have like like we have a hub in like Massachusetts, and it has to go to like New York or something before it gets over to us. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. it's dumb. Quite I often, things fly over my head. I don't to, like, the like US it'll border. when you track it, it goes from like Quebec to Vancouver, from Vancouver to Edmonton, from Edmonton to Bonneville, which is only 20 minutes away. And then from Bonneville to my town, and then from my town to the Purolator Depot, and then from the Purolator Depot to my place. And oftentimes that will take many days. Like I said, right now it's only a three and a half hour drive away. I, and the estimated delivery time is next week. Wow. Yeesh. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I'm, I'm going to assume that that's probably going to slow down even more once, you know, the holidays get closer. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm kind of glad it's already shipped, actually, because there's a better likelihood that I'll actually get it in a reasonable amount of time. Um, I've already ordered a couple of things online that have basically had disclaimers on their website saying, best of luck, buddy. If you get this before Christmas, it's a my if you if this arrives before Christmas, this is a Christmas miracle. That's, that's exactly what it says. Best of luck, buddy. Basically, <laughs> nice. in, in so many words. <laughs> I mean, I got a couple of email solicitations from publishers this week. They're like, hey, we wanted to talk about all these great new products that were supposed to be here in time for Christmas. Yeah. But since we can't, yeah. here's what's actually in stock. Yeah. Well, wow. you know, I think we, we've addressed this in, in previous weeks where, you know, if, if you're not doing your holiday shopping now, don't wait. You, you better be on it because, you know, if you wait until the last week of, of Christmas or the last week before Christmas, it's going to be tough. I cannot abuse my relationship with Santa Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for very important things. I have to wait until it's really critical. 
Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's ramping up. I'm excited. A couple weeks I'll be at PAX Unplugged. Uh, let's see here. Do we have anything else going on in the exciting world of uh, VCG and everybody? Does everybody? Uh, I started. I started teaching. I, I don't know. I, I kind of mentioned that the last episode at the end. So we've been. I've been teaching quite a bit. Uh, this. We'll, we'll talk. That'll be the post credit. Uh, this is the state. The, this is the state of America now. Doug <laughs> is teaching the young people. Hey, I'm, I'm teaching. Hey. We'll, Honestly, we'll talk, I am. I am living for the stories <laughs> of how you and, and Sydney are interacting at these teaching things. This is we'll, hilarious. We'll, we'll talk. Well, that'll be the post credit. If you're if you're watching this episode, stick around for the post credit. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about today's adventure of teaching. Um, it seems like every day I have a new adventure. And you should and get a picture with her every day just to see how no, irritated she no, is. No, 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 no. You also can't take pictures in school. I, I will say. I will say that she is. She she for all the grief she gives me, she actually is very very good about everything and it's <laughs> you know i she's handling it like a champ and that's great that's great <laughs> my dad's my teacher this is so weird <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that at, in the post credit all right let's talk there's no there's not a whole bunch uh, of new products hitting uh, new at the store this week so not we're this gonna week. Skip it. um just again we'll reiterate support your friendly local game store um again you know, if you're thinking about doing your holiday shopping, you might want to get to them early. And buy local. They might not have the latest and greatest, but they still have stuff on their shelves to buy. And I'm sure that uh, folks are still looking for some of those games. So uh, make sure to swing into your friendly local game store and support them. Uh, if you're in the Lebanon, New Hampshire area, you can always swing by Black Moon Games down there and uh, see Tony. And I'm sure he'll be glad to give you suggestions on all the stuff that he's got in stock for that gamer in your life that you want to get a present for during the holidays. All right, let's get to our feature topic, and that is GM tips and tricks. And now, our feature presentation. I wonder how much money does that guy still get? No, I think it's like public domain at this point. Is it? Well, it's I not, hope so because we're using not. it. Yeah, it is. I just tell myself that, man. That we'll get a bill is. at the end of the year. You <laughs> owe me seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for using my voiceover for like twenty-five times. That's actually lot why the video is also so pixelated, is so that like the the internet skimmers can't actually recognize <laughs> right. it. That's what it is. It doesn't right. understand what it is. <laughs> to avoid the what is it? I, I forget what it's called. Is, I forget what YouTube's I, thing is called, where they scan the algorithm. Content. Yeah. No, oh, content ID. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you guys are all con talking about. <laughs> this is this is nothing but a high quality, top notch show that we do here mm -hmm. on VCG. Definitely. This is, I mean, as you can see, this is where the VCG magic happens. Yes. <laughs> as well as at conventions, because I do card tricks. Has been. Uh, you been, do been card there. tricks. So. Was it actually a legit trick? It was. It was very it good. Was. And it was, it was very okay. good. Doug did a really good job, and then he okay. got mad at me because I figured it out. Oh. <laughs> it, 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 it was it was so good that it actually spooked Jordan. Jordan it was did. like legitimately jo freaked out. Jordan he like literally, literally had to building. leave the vendor hall and had to go outside and calm down. <laughs> yeah, because Doug did a really great job. He, well, he I love it really when street performers do that and people just run away from them. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's absolutely that's, what Jordan did. That's what Jordan happened. was just like, he's a wizard. Keep him it's away from me. witchcraft. Get the torches and pitchforks. <laughs> oh man, uh, it was really funny. 
Uh, John says, wait, did I miss new at the store? No, you did not. We're just going to skip it this week because there's the not newest, much coming in at the store. I you mean, the newest thing guess. at the store is Ben. You got to guess on the shelves what's behind me. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about GM tricks and tips and hacks and whatever word we want to use here to insert to, to help you help you uh, GM your run sessions. games betterer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, I should have just used that as the title. Fun, <laughs> How to games. game more betterer. <laughs> How to game more better. Uh, yeah. So of course, you know, GMing is kind of a tricky tricky task, and and a lot of people, you know, when you start out, it's a little, and even even once you've done it a few times, it's a, you know, it's a. To, you know, you're not quite sure. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming. Um, so we're going to give you some tips as to what you can do to kind of help you while you're GM. Uh, let's uh, let's talk. This is who's whose idea was this? This is Ben's Barney. idea, right? I think it was, this is Barney. Actually, it was Barney. Barney was like, "Hey, let's do an episode on GM tips and tricks and hacks." And then, and oh yeah, by the not... way, I can't be here this week. Oh, by sorry, the way, yeah. I'm not going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, by the because way, guys. Because see, like. So the secret is that Barney actually, I don't think, like, runs a lot of games. And so he wanted us to just teach him <laughs> yeah, how to yes. run a game. <laughs> so he's just going to watch this. He can, do the ne- he can do it better the next time. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's just going to watch this and not, not feel pressured to contribute. Clever man, then, that Smith. Barney's like, I've got negotiations tomorrow that I've got to be well-rested <laughs> yeah. for. I have like a job and like a like oh, a real serious know, job and career. We should right get a hold right? of Edith and be like, every time he try, pulls something like that, be like, is this legit? Or is he just blowing us off? Or you know what we should do? We should just have Edith come on, his wife. Yeah. yeah. Right. <gasps> if he's not home, all she has to do is go downstairs and click the link. Yeah. No. He's that home. would be hilarious. He's home. He's he's just sleeping, or or supposedly he he's gonna go to bed early. Ironing his bathrobe. Right. So, which I guess would be a GM trick. Yeah, Get plenty I of guess. sleep. You're not tired. Be well GMing. rested. Yeah. yeah, being well rested certainly helps. Not that you usually are if you are like jamming at a convention because no, no one is well rested. No such thing. At a yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, so yeah, Vanderbeek says uh, uh, would have been better to be <laughs> would have been better to be here. He could ask questions. He could. He could. Yeah. Uh, although I, I know Barney's a gamer too, so gamer Barney Barney has uh, good. Suggestions. He's always talking about that Changeling game he still plays. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, Rodriguez is a smart guy. This Barney. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. All right. Let's let's get to our tri- trip uh, tips tricks hacks. Uh, let's uh, let's let's go with uh, Jason first and and see what what's your first uh, tip or trick for GMs. Um. Everybody likes puzzles. GMs always like to put puzzles in games. Party enters a room. There's some weird thing on the wall. They have to figure out how to get this weird thing to do the thing, to get to the next room, to get the treasure, to do unlock the whatever. Yeah. Most GMs fumble with puzzles because they make up a puzzle. It has a mechanic that they want to use. And if the players don't get that mechanic, the GM is just kind of, uh-oh, what do I do? The players aren't figuring it out. They've made their roles. Their roles weren't any good. I have. I can't give them any more clues, and that leads to a lot of frustrated players. Uh, I've been in that situation many times. My big tip for this is let the players tell you how to solve the puzzle. Your solution is not relevant. Their solution is. 
If they come up with a clever way to solve the puzzle, or if they have some really interesting logic as to why it should work the way they think it does, let it happen. Let them have that. Let them get the win. Let them walk out of the room with the treasure or open the next door or defeat some great evil or whatever the heck this puzzle was supposed to be linked to. Because I guarantee you in the end, your players are going to have that story in their minds at that session for a long time coming. So that's my tip. If you're going to do a puzzle, have your solution. If they figure it out, yay. If they don't figure it out, let them tell you how it works. And I guarantee you, you will have a whole table full of amazed players. Uh, Vanderbeast says, good puzzles are cool. Good puzzles are also hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And, yep. and you know... Uh, Sometimes it's just your description, though. Like, there's lots of times when I've actually been in a group where a puzzle has been explained to us, and we're sitting there going, well, what if we try this? What if we try that? What if we try this? What if we try that? And 35 minutes later, we're all sitting there as a group of players saying, well, I don't get it. Do you get it? We've, we can't roll anymore for it. Nobody's understanding it. So what do you do? Just go home? Right. Like, no. As a GM, you should never allow that. Just whatever, like, let them be stumbled for a little bit. Don't, like, just give them something. Like, somebody walks in and says, oh, hey, the green thing goes with the blue thing. We're good. You know, make them work for it a little bit, but give them the solution. Right. I would have, I would rather have a, like, a minor success instead of something that totally, like, that, that doesn't quite live up to your expectation of how they saw that. Then yep. to have that session kind of stumble because of the fact yeah. that you're fumbling, not knowing mm-hmm. and how, to, how to solve it. Even even in the aftermath of that, people are frustrated and they're annoyed, and then yep. suddenly they they've been taken out of the game. Yep. Like yeah. they get past the room, and it's just like, oh god! I hope. And then the next time, I guarantee you, if you do that to your party and you force them to figure out your solution, the next time that party goes into a room with a puzzle, they're going to be upset. Sure, they're going to be frustrated. Not, not necessarily in character, but out of character, they're going to be like, oh, for the love of God, why would you throw another puzzle at us? We hated the last one. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Ben, uh, what's what's your tip or trick or hack or whatever? I don't know what you want to... Uh, this is very, very similar to like the, you know, allow the puzzle to not necessarily be rigid. Um, hit points, especially for for big bads uh let them be a little nebulous don't you know if something if you roll a uh you're fighting against a dragon you say it's a, got 147 hit points and one character has an amazing crit and takes them to 145 don't let those two hit points keep keep the story from progressing like either do something with that have the dragon fly away in fear of its life or or let the that attack that your uh pc just did slay the dragon who cares about two hit points no one cares about two little marks on a table um <laughs> doug does <laughs> I, <laughs> i've actually seen some twitter threads lately where people have actually started ignoring hit points altogether and instead kind of keeping an eye on combat rounds and when they feel a certain amount of time has gone by that's when you start having the the opponents drop um or if you feel like the the characters are being too pressured you can you know drop things out but if you're being so meticulous in your in your record keeping um you're, you're taking an accounting class and not telling a story anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, look at hit points as a way to 
give you an idea of an encounter and not have it absolutely run by those those simple numbers. I love it. I love it. All right, uh, Amanda, what is your uh, tip or hack for uh, GMs? <laughs> um, Ooh, a laugh. That laugh is... So one of the things... So the bulk of my GMing experience, the most hours I have GMed, has been running Baker Street. And Baker oh. Street is is unique, like just because I did so many con games of it in support of selling it with Fear Light. I did so, so many. Like that's where my most hours GMing are. Not necessarily that it's like what I like the most or anything. That's just what I've done the most of. But the thing is, what that really taught me is because that system you have an end goal that you are trying to meet at every session. And that end goal is you want the players to solve the mystery. They need to solve the case because this is the Sherlock Holmes RPG in case anyone isn't familiar. Um, so you want the players to solve the case at the end of the four hour session. And sometimes everything works against that. Like all the roles work against that and the players make terrible decisions and just, everything works against that and so what I really really learned for oh thanks thanks Matthew I, I'm glad you like it uh, Matthew says he loves Baker Street and I'm really glad um, so the thing that I learned from running so much Baker Street that applies to any game that you're running where you have a particular story that you want to tell and a particular goal that you want to meet for the session is that whatever your plan is for the session you need to have fail safes you need to make sure that if this one thing doesn't work, like this one scene that's supposed to progress the plot and get the players to do something, then you need to have like a plan B and C and also be prepared for the fact that plans B and C may also not work. <laughs> and you may just have to make something up on the fly, but have them because that will help. That will certainly help. You could take elements from them, even if they're not going to completely work. You can use that to kind of propel yourself forward a little bit um that yeah just like a lot of adventures are basically just like here's point a point b point c like these are the these are the stops along the way in the story and the players are going to do this and then they're going to do this and they're going to do that but if your players do something totally out of left field or they mess something up or they just just wander off wander off away from the plot <laughs> then you need to have backup <laughs> plans to draw them back in Absolutely. And what that backup plan is depends on your setting and your story and what the goal of your session is, but have those plans already laid out. Do not expect your players to necessarily follow the tracks you have laid for them, and don't force them to follow them either mm -mm. by doing really lousy railroady things like, oh, well, you try to go that way, but uh, there's just like a cliff and you can't. <laughs> or if you walk through that door, you're all going to die. I literally... I wasn't in the session, but it happened at like a <laughs> gaming club where I was. Oh, no. So I over I overheard it at another table where the GM was just like, "Yeah, if you go through that door, you're just gonna die. So just don't." What is that? Why did they put a door there? Why is it there? <laughs> exactly. Why don't just say there's doing? a blank wall when you open when you what, try to go this way? You, what are you doing? That's a terrible yeah. way to try to railroad your party. <laughs> don't railroad them. Just follow them around and sheepdog them back to where they need yeah. to go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like as a GM. I don't like playing telling my players no. Like that's one thing that I I no, try yeah, not. That, I, as, as a GM, as I try to keep no out of my vocabulary mm -hmm. when I GM, just because a lot of times 
their suggestions are way better than anything that I could have thought. Of. Yep. You got to so be willing think, to work with the players. I think, uh, I think one of the things that can work for like that sheep dogging, you know, way to, to kind of gently bring parties back, right. um, without saying no, uh, is actually a, a theater improv, uh, concept called yes. And so, yeah. you know, if they propose something, yes, and there's also this over here and that way they don't feel like they're being cut back but you can also reintroduce things you need to have happen in these you know second third plans down the road if, if they completely leave plan a in the mm -hmm. dust yeah. right very true very true very true um i'm gonna give you my tip my tip is i, I can't remember who passed this tip along to me but it was i i believe it was on one of the effect podcasts when I was on and someone gave me this idea because I, I think it got brought up that like, I am horrible at coming up with NPC names on the fly. Like it's just one thing that I'm really not good at, like for some reason. And like, I never like, no matter how much I prep a scenario, like there's never enough NPCs that like, I, I, have, I always, there's always NPCs that I have to make up names for. And I don't play a whole lot of fantasy, so this kind of applies to, to non-fantasy non games. But someone s gave me the suggestion, and I love this, and I, I have, I, I, I kind of did what they said, was if you ever need a book of NPC names, all you do is you take an old phone book. Ah. And that's what you use a what? for your MP. What, <laughs> exactly. What's a, what's exactly. A, what's a phone book? If you find it, if you first, you must one. find an old phone book. <laughs> some, some companies still still the send old. them out. But even if you find, even if you find one, at like you know, at a used book sale, or, I don't yeah, know, some, yeah. somewhere like at a, like somewhere that's like recycling books, like just snag it, and then just have it set aside. I've got one like a few shelves over here because I told my my wife wanted to throw them all out. Just like, why do we even have these anymore? Clean out your grandparents' house and find a box of them somewhere. Exactly, right. exactly. So I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't throw that one out. I need, I need one of those. Get, keep, keep one of them here. And yeah, you've got a whole book of names that like, you can reference forever. And mm. granted, they're not fantasy and they're not, but you can, they're, they're good enough to like get you started mm -hmm. and give you. You throw an extra consonant right. on the end of them and they're exactly. fantasy. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So if you want, you know. Uh, really quick easy way to come up with npc names find yourself an old phone book and just keep it aside and you know it it's <laughs> gonna look kind of weird in with your rpg books but it's got a purpose you know there's an, a, a lot of the online like fantasy name generators you can use like they, there's literally one called fantasy name generator you click that a few times it's mostly gibberish yeah <laughs> right yeah. it's like kafargalaflag the flag well, blah 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 and i mean don't be afraid to mix things around too. You look at you look at the Dune universe. Right. Which yeah. We've got we've got all these different names, and then you know, Idaho. Yeah. yeah. And Jessica, Idaho. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Steve. You, know, you, go, you go you go from Stilgar to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you could and you could have range too with with that mm -hmm. as that example. Like, not everything has to be. Yeah, you know, yeah. fantastical. It I mean, have to sound amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about Dune. You talk about Lord of the Rings too. You had, you know, Bilbo, Frodo, Barlamin, Butterbur, and Bill, Fernie. 
Like <laughs> that's the guy that lives down the street. You know, Bill. So yeah. you know. Yep. Yep. If if you get flustered, you know, and you and you literally call your NPC Doug, it's it's totally fine. That's it's fine. totally That's fine. fine realize you that they're going to be the town. Realize that they're going to be the town of the village idiot. And, you, no, you, know, you call him Doug, and then like two sessions later, when they actually have to go back and interact with Doug again, you find out that Doug is short for something, like Dougalo. Yeah. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me, Higgs. Killing me. But yeah, like that's what you do. You say, okay, yeah, people call me Doug, but my real name is, you know, some fantastical name. You just work on it in the off time or whenever you end the session or whatever. Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so that that's uh, that's our first. Uh, do we have any more rounds of GM yeah. tips and tricks? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm good to go. I didn't know how much, you know, Barney was the one that suggested this and he ditched us, so I didn't know how much everybody prepped for this. Uh, Although this, I will uh, say, chat, show, so. if you have questions or if you have yeah. something in particular, you, yeah. like a particular or, problem that you run into GMing that you want our input on, just let us know. Because we, yeah. we could easily all just sit here and talk all night, but if there's something you actually want to know, we can also address it. <laughs> or if you have your own tip or hack, let us know. Yeah. Because, you know, By all means. Granted, you know, we're always, I mean, the, the major thing that I'm going to tell you with GMing is always try to find new ways to get better. You know, you I should mean, never, like you're never creating. not learning as a GM. Not right, ever. Exactly. If exactly. you think you know everything mm -hmm. as GM, you do, you are sorely yeah. mistaken. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Ben, what do you got for uh, your second uh, second tip? Or sure. Uh, so my my second tip is don't be afraid to rip off other bits of pop culture. Like if if nope. if you like if your uh, players give you a curveball and you find in a, in a different place that your notes aren't prepared for, uh, how about that scene from The Princess Bride? Introduce a sword fight on a cliff face. You know, it's all really simple things that you can grab from these different movies and books and novels and shows. And you don't have to take them all verbatim. But if you just grab a couple of those quick things that you know and that your players know and they're familiar with it, they'll grab onto it. They'll play with it. They'll evolve it. And you can make some pretty cool scenes just from adding a little bit of story crumb from pop culture things going on. Um, you know, to take a take an example from recent pop culture, the Squid Game. That's an entire mini campaign that you could throw your players through for a couple of the sessions and see how they kind of do it, and then maybe you know pull them out through some magical means. If you if you need some more time before you get back to the the main drive of the campaign, feel free to you know divert with a little bit of pop culture inspiration. I like it. Like Florin and Gilder are in every single map that I draw. Every single one. I love it. Nice. There's a, there's always a cliff, there's a river, a and then there's Florin and Gilder. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually with with games that I run that use experience points, if a player works in a Princess Bride quote flawlessly, bonus experience points for them. <laughs> well, you heard about the when we did a uh, we did a charity game, a charity D and D game for uh, for level level oh, for one level one geek, geek. yeah and. Uh, like we had like this intermission part and i said i said bonus points to emily because emily was gming i said emily if you can work in the lyrics to desposito the rest of the session 
you will be the greatest GM of all time. And I will tell everybody that you're the greatest, uh, the greatest GM of all time. And of course, we were playing this. We were playing Pathfinder, so it's a fantasy, like a fantasy setting. <laughs> so, like, there's no logical way that that should have been a thing. You know, that, that she should be spouting Desposito lyrics. And oh, she did it. She did it. It was amazing. And sometimes she was you know, really good at it, actually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was well, I was watching actually, and she I didn't know about this because I came in a little no. bit late, well, and like halfway even... through the halfway through the role playing, I was like, wait, I know that I know that <laughs> phrase. What is that? Then I'm like, ha I'm typing in chat. I'm like, was that Despacito? And everybody else in chat was like, Despacito. And that's the thing we didn't we didn't make it known to the public because this is because we're doing a live show, of course. And at the break, as everybody was doing like you know, because they had to do like some sort of like intermission kind of thing where they were like asking for they talk about the charity and stuff. And so yeah. we had like this private chat going on between our group and, the, and Emily, the GM, and we're like, hey, this is all going on. And we didn't let it know. We didn't let it known to the audience that that's what we were doing. And oh my God! Once it was found out, it was like the greatest. And I don't know how this like it goes was hilarious. To the DM tips or tricks, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, it was. I guess it's just referring to pop culture and everything. And and you know, yeah. if if your players are on board with it, go with it. Have, let them have fun with it. And you never know. It's it's super. Mm -hmm. You know, test uh, test your GM a little bit. See how see how flexible they are. <laughs> It was fun. Anyway, sorry. I, that's totally not the uh, GM trick or tip, but yeah, he derailed I, I, us on his own. Any anytime I can right? give Emily uh, props, right? Anytime I can give Emily props for her GM skills, I'm going to because that was she as an improv GM, she is amazing. Well yeah, deserved. Very yeah. good. Very good. Uh, Matthew says uh, I, I work really hard not to railroad the players. If the climax is at location C, but but, but the players are convinced. It's at section D. I find a way to move it to section D or raise enough ruckus at C that they figure out, oops, and go back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. that's, uh, that's kind of what you need to do uh, as a GM. And, uh, you know, know that no matter how much you prepare and no matter what you have for a, a scenario or an adventure, uh, e either in your mind or written down or pre-generated printed out that you're like it's probably not going to your players don't care about your plan right, exactly. <laughs> that's true not ever yeah it's not their job exactly. so all right jason what what is your uh, what is your trick trick or uh, tip or hack i had actually i was gonna go with something else but to pursue the comment from matthew um, what I've started doing when I do my maps is rather than lay out um, a map of uh, A to B to C to D to E to F and have it all being linear, I mark down where I want them to encounter iconic moments in the story. So mm. one was the introduction, two is a little escalation, three could be um, a superfluous side thing. Four could be back to the story, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And then what I do is no matter where the players go, I just move it. I don't have a linear map that they're following. So like if they're going through a forest, I'm not gonna give them a map that they can draw out or show them a map on this on the table where it's like, you know, okay, there's a clearing here, we're gonna go to that clearing. I will tell them that there's a clearing in the distance, and if they go there and I need them to encounter story point B, I just move it from wherever I had it and stick it there. 
That way they don't feel like they're wandering off into the forest and doing nothing. And I don't look confused or unprepared or, you know, I'm not like, well, what in the Lord's name did you decide to go this direction for? When I, every clue I gave you pointed left, you, you chuckleheads decided to go right. So fine. You guys went right. Well, I'm just going to take this from where it was over here on the left and trot it over here. Pick it up and move it. Exactly. <laughs> they have no way of knowing where they're going or what they're going to encounter. And I don't give them enough specifics about an area, like even in a dungeon. I'll give them like east, north, south, west or whatever. Whichever way they go, if I need them to encounter uh, a helpful NPC. Well, okay, that helpful NPC was supposed to be north. They went south. Well, they find him shackled to a wall in this room to the south instead. You know, and that will free you so much as a GM, knowing that, yeah, you can like you can still draw your map by all means. If you like to draw maps, go for it. I love drawing maps, but don't have any particular room set in stone where it is located. If you need it to be somewhere else, like if you're if you're if you had this logical thing in your head where, OK, the chapel is clearly past the, the antechamber and this first hallway uh, and this seating gallery, then there's the chapel. And they if you need them to be at the chapel, the next door they open, there's a damn chapel on the other side of that door. Ta-da. Ta-da. And it might be silly on a map, but your characters don't care. Your player, or sorry, not your characters care. The players don't care. They're just like, oh my God, look, just a great big chapel in here. This is so cool. And you don't have to worry, well, how am I going to get them from this side of the map to that side of the map? Like that whole, that whole worry in your head just goes away. So just be non-linear mapping all the time. That's my tip. Uh, Jody says, I always use music to set the mood in my games, especially scores. The Conan the Bar Barbarian score is very inspiring and dramatic. Yeah, yeah there's That's a lot fine. of great uh, RPG and tabletop mm. music uh, available. There's a lot of free music out there that you can get, too. Yeah. Like It's crazy how many people are yeah. producing free content for musical background and stuff. You, you can find playlists on YouTube, Spotify, um, you can you can go to, to tabletopaudio.com you can mm -hmm. go to Sirenscape, um, Sirenscape. Yep, yep. Sirenscape. Uh, a yep. lot of a lot of virtual tabletop maps now come with sound effects built in mm -hmm. um yep. i have a lava map actually from one of my recent purchases and i wasn't really even paying attention i was just goofing around with the map looking where the npcs were and checking out their stats and stuff and i clicked into a room that is mostly lava and the whole room was like <laughs> burning noises and like animated steam vents going off and i was like oh, this is fun. cool <laughs> uh Amanda, what is your uh, tick trick tip or tr or hack uh so i will say this kind of relates to a a show a couple weeks ago now but i will say that one thing which is a uh a, an aid is that so what i use for a gm screen is i do not ever use the GM screen that comes with a system, unless it's a system where I designed the GM screen, because <laughs> I worked <laughs> on it. <laughs> and then it would be a little weird if you didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I use the ones I designed. because I, I made this one, but I don't up. like what I made, so meh. Right. <laughs> so I... Uh, there's, I'm using like an old menu holder with cardboard in it. Like it's actually a menu mm -hmm. thingy from a restaurant with cardboard in it because I, I'm cheap and that's what I had. Uh, but people make like uh, a bunch of different companies make ones that you can mm -hmm. put inserts in. Some people make, some companies uh -oh. make really, really nice ones that you Doug's can on put the hunt, Amanda. In. He's looking for his. Uh, 
but basically the reason why I always, always, always have a custom GM screen is that I only put the things in here that I know I need. Because if there is a bunch of different tables of information, if there's a bunch of resources that I don't need, because it's either information that I'm not intending to use in my session, or it's something that I know, like I, I already have this internalized from this system, I don't need a menu of it. It's just noise in front of me. Yeah. So if you can edit that out, if you're if you're very likely to get overwhelmed by having extra information that you don't need in front of you and you have a hard time scanning a wall of text and picking out the things you need then make your own custom gm screen with just the stuff you need and you can like then you can stick your story notes in it because these are just like little pockets you can also just you know tape stuff in it if you're in a hurry and don't want to mess around with mm -hmm. filling the pockets like <laughs> i did the last time i used this apparently um, but you can slide things in the pockets. You can put your story notes in there. You can put your outline in there. You can put only the tables that you actually need. Don't just yeah. do not subject yourself to a wall of text that is going to be not helpful to you because it's just overwhelming and dense. Just pull out the stuff that you know is going to be relevant and helpful to you. That's why I, I advocate the custom GM screen because you need to make things simple and make it quick because you do not want your players sitting there while you're going, hold on, yes. let me figure out. Let me flip through 13 pages. Yeah. 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 I had a friend who took the old second edition, uh, or sorry, the AD&D DMs guide and bought a second copy of it and cut out every single mm. table mm -hmm. and pasted them on this big cardboard board. Yep. But he had these little, the little rings that he would use to, uh, to clip them all together. And then he would forever be flipping these things over the top of the screen. It was super useful for him once he once once he got to be good at it. Nice. But yeah. in the be in the beginning, it was just like, hang on, that's on table on page fifty three. Now that you can get most games as PDFs, it's a lot easier yeah. too to be able to just be like, I need this this table just on this that page. one I'm table. Just yeah. Print this one page. Yeah, and then you can just cut it out, slap it on there, or or like you said, tape it into the damn thing hole. Well, that kind of feeds into my suggestion uh, from, from my, my second suggestion as a GM too, and that is uh, it's it's really controversial. It's it's like you know I know most people probably don't think of this, but buy the GM guide or manual. <laughs> <laughs> We're all reacting like this because this was mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's written and put out and published for a reason. Isn't that buy, right, Ben? Buy I mean, the ever-loving book. Come on. It's usually written by yeah. somebody that made That the knows system. the game, yes. <laughs> you know? Doug, Doug kind of brings this up because I, I was joking around in our in our behind the scenes chat and i was like my gym tip is you know buy the book instead of just asking someone how to run it um but you get a lot of people that do they want yeah. to run something for their friends and they don't quite know how and I, the the simple almost duh suggestion like doug says is just get the book yeah, did By you say PDF. almost duh or Doug? It's By the Doug. Well, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a great resource, usually. Like, like, it's made for a reason. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I will say, and I don't want to like talk the entire time, but I will say that one other thing that I wanted to touch on it, that's relevant to the buy the book to learn how to run the game thing is that you do have to in take into account different learning styles. Mm -hmm. Some people do mm -hmm. not learn rules well by reading them. Yeah. I, I personally struggle with reading text and translating that into a real world experience. I'm just like, okay, I, yeah. I understand those words and the order that they're in, but I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'll have the book, I'll definitely buy the book and I'll read it. But if I know someone who has run the game, right. or if I have the opportunity to play the game, so I understand what mm. the experience is supposed to be like, or you can watch yeah. a playthrough, you can ask friends who have run it, like, hey, I didn't quite understand how this is supposed to work. Can you walk me through what that's supposed to look like? Mm -hmm. Watch playthroughs, play the game yourself if you can. A any of these kinds of resources. And it's okay if you can't just read a, a rule book and understand it. Like you should still have it because it's a valuable resource and it's going to have a lot of good information there. But if you don't understand how a game is really supposed to come to the table just by reading text, that's okay. Like that, not everybody For can. Sure. Yeah. That's nope. Totally I, I'm terrible at that. I read books and I'm like, okay, I read the book. <laughs> I sort of understand what I read, but if I right. don't get to play it, it doesn't right. stick in, yeah, at all. It's like you you gotta you gotta actually play it or you gotta yeah. have somebody break it down for you. You need to see the mechanics happen through. to yeah. really to well so, at least I do anyway. It's totally fine. It does not make you a lesser gamer or a lesser GM. Not at all. That's just no. the way that you learn, and that's fine. The uh, the, the and kind of expand on that that a little bit is like if you don't get a rule correct, like when you're GMing, it's okay. Oh, like. I yeah. think it's too it's spicy, Doug. I know. I, well, I'm just telling. I'm just saying. Like, if you if, if you get a rule wrong, or you do something wrong, it's it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter in the long. World's run. not going to end. It's if not. You, so don't beat if, yourself up over it. If you have that guy in your group who halts gameplay oh. to say, "But this rule doesn't work like that," and blah 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 on this page, and this is how this mechanic is supposed to work, that person is the person you need to pull aside at the end of the session and say. Don't do that while we're playing. Please calm if down. If you want to talk to me after the session and say, hey, right. you had this rule wrong, that's fine. But in the middle of the session, don't ruin everyone else's immersion or game or enjoyment by by going on a rant and whipping out your book and flipping through pages and saying, but, 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 but. And, and it's okay to admit that you made a mistake at the mm -hmm. end. If, some, if, a player yeah. goes, if a player goes, oh, I think you got this wrong. Like, don't get all like, like, yeah, yeah, maybe, it happens. maybe I did. Yeah, be like, okay, yeah. I, I Especially in the more complicated systems. Yeah. Like, in a lot of the really complicated systems, like Pathfinder is famous for its crunchiness. I guarantee you, there's probably hundreds of times that every every GM playing Pathfinder has mistaken a rule or incorrectly interpreted a table or, or just something. Or waved it because they couldn't yeah. remember the particulars and they wanted to keep the game moving. Yeah. Like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the rule is, but we're going to keep rolling. So yeah. Nobody wants do. to wait 25 minutes while you search through your books to find the rule. <laughs> they would rather just say, okay, you know what? In this instance, we're going to rule a cool it and move on. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, that's our two rounds of tips and tricks and hacks. Uh, let's we've got some questions in the chat, so let's uh, let's take some of these questions because there's some good ones in, in here. Uh, Rodrigo asks, question: My players are very tactical, really cautious. How do I make them take more risks? 
carrot on a stick is probably the easiest way to do it. If they're really tactical and cautious, offer them something that forces them to step outside their comfort zone. Like if they know exactly how far their character can typically jump and you want to put something across a chasm that they need to jump to to reach, tell them that they can roll their jump and give them a bonus or a modifier of some sort, just maybe even arbitrary, just to dangle that little bit of carrot for them to make the attempt. And once you get them doing that, once you give them little arbitrary bonuses, like, hey, I know that you're really good at running and jumping because your character has athletics and is an outdoorsman or whatever. So I'm going to give you, um, because you have enough room and space, an extra D6 on your roll or like whatever bonus you need to offer them on the system. It doesn't have to be massive. It just has to be enough to have them thinking in the back of their head, I might be able to make that now. Like that puts me in range. I could, I could probably make this jump. And I guarantee you the thrill of them doing that a couple of times and having it work will move them out of their comfort zone. They'll be less worried about uh, feet and inches and squares and stuff like that. And a lot more willing to say, I'm going to try this jump just because I think I can make it. And don't let the rules hold you back from that. Like if you think it would be cool, let them try. Even if the rules clearly state you can only jump 25 feet and this is clearly 35 feet away. If they want to say, hey, I'm going to make a running start and I'm going to put my heart and soul into this jump, let them make it. Like, not necessarily succeed, but let them, like, give them a bonus to the role or, to or give them the opportunity. Give them some sort of small success that maybe they didn't yeah. completely succeed. Yeah. Like, you they... leap over the chasm, you don't quite make it, but you grab the edge. Exactly. Roll, roll, it, roll under your, roll your strength or whatever to try and blow yourself up. I like, um, I like Matthew's, uh, uh, comment to this set a time clock um yeah i was gonna say those are, th yeah. those are the nice answers the mean answer is you give them a time limit <laughs> yeah. 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 i i've actually i i don't think you should use it all the time but in in a situation where like the characters are ambushed break out that three minute sand timer and be like yeah. thud this is what's happening in front of you. I need to know what your position is, where you are right now, and you have two, three minutes. Like, you have to tell me now. Yep. You yep. don't have time to plan because the situation does not allow for it. So you yep. tell me what you're doing yep. now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was my suggestion as well of like, uh, it's not like the nice way to go about encouraging your players. <laughs> I would say that's kind of a tough love way to do it, but it can be really effective and it can actually like act, it can act. Jason's having issues over there. That was distracting. <laughs> now he's you're also muted, sir. Uh, it's entirely hmm. oh, oh. <laughs> more issues. Oh no. Jason's it's a very precarious setup. <laughs> See, I'm I'm the typical guy. I, I wander around the house with the TV remote. And my wife was looking oh. for it. <laughs> are you are you anywhere near the TV, Jason? Uh, I can see it from here. Does that count? That's a no, that's a no. So no, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the time clock, yeah, you don't want to do it all the time, but it can definitely shake things up, and it can actually like, I, like your players may initially be like, "Oh, what are you doing to us?" Uh, mm -hmm. But that that extra pressure can actually like really shake up the momentum of the game and it's, really get them in the, really it's a lot of drive fun. them into the moment and get them yeah. really yeah. into it. It is honestly a lot of fun to have yeah. 
that and it doesn't have to be like a um you know like the world ends in three minutes it's just you have three minutes to get this done you have this much time to tell me what you're doing and then they get their turn and that's it it makes people think like especially when you're doing a situation where you're running initiative and you have like okay you know bob's up then susan's up then dave's up so bob your turn is now susan you're next think of what you're doing and keep an eye on the timer and then then you just keep keep doing the on deck thing so that people have time to say okay let me look at my character sheet what can i do in this instance or let me let me watch what bob does and then maybe i can do something off of what he does you know absolutely uh let's get to uh matthew actually matthew has a question uh it says what is your advice when you run a horror game at a convention and set the age limit at like 18 plus and parents come in and drop their 12 year olds off to play oh that's uh ben you know, ben, ben and amanda ben, both ben seem to have something to say on this okay. <laughs> um I, I, my, mine is more of a practical um uh result than actually how to deal with this at the table so um get the con staff involved at that point this 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 was this was very clearly marked as an 18 plus game uh, the con or the parents uh, dropped the ball and gave uh, a person in here that should should probably not be at this table. Get the con staff involved and take it off your plate. It's yeah. It's not you. Like if you've done your deal, due diligence as the GM and you've made sure you've labeled it appropriately and you've put everything on there. Um, this is not your problem. So, <laughs> like, um, if the con is unresponsive, then there's there there That's are other avenues failure. you can explore. Yeah. <laughs> but but ultimately, um, if you've done your diligence as the GM to label it and have it appropriately uh, classified, um, get get the con involved. Plus, I, I I don't know. I if you've got twelve year olds, you know, why are you dropping them off at a convention where? Like, I know, I know it happens. No, I know it happens all the time. I know it does. I, I used to work at a toy but, store, and people used like to just you're... drop their kids off there too. Well, like it okay, was I'm ridiculous. Just... Okay, I will. I will offer as an alternative explanation to this scenario. If it's a smaller convention that is taking place mm-hmm. primarily in one large ballroom, sure, sure. at like a hotel or convention center, and, yeah. and the parents are just in another game at that at that time, like where they have a line of sight on the table where their twelve year old is. A twelve year old, like you, we're all in the same building. You can find us if you need us. Like that that makes perfect sense. It doesn't make sense to drop them off into a game that's actually labeled to be mm-hmm. 18 plus. That's not okay. Yeah. And yeah. and that's it's just it's just not okay. I mean, if absolute worst comes to worst and you are saddled with this kid, then like you can try to talk to your players at the table and come up with a hey, what is something else we can do here? Like would you guys be okay with us running a PG-13 version of this scenario wherein I tone it down? Or do you just want to scrap it because we we can't run the content that I was planning on running? You know, try to compromise with your players if, in fact, you have no choice but to be stuck with this kid or call the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess I would rather have a ticked-off parent and a disappointed I, child than, than I to have it would be... Too. <laughs> then have it be the other way around where right, like right. You, you you like you know introduced uh, you know a 12 year old to a a 
cosmic horror. Right. <laughs> so, so we're going to teach the twelve-year-old about Cthulhu today. <laughs> I, I'd rather be known as as the, the the GM or the the person running the game that that was overly cautious than not yeah. cautious enough. Yep. Absolutely. Those, especially the con, I, because those stories I, get around online yeah, like wildfire. Do, like I definitely crazy. don't disagree with you. I just also can see that a situation wherein you're kind of stuck could possibly happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. That could happen, in which case you just have to try to come up with the best game that you can, and you're going to have to nerf it, and it sucks. That sucks for everybody. Nobody yeah. likes yeah. that. Um. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a tough situation all around. Anyway, uh, Jody Denton actually says uh, if you can find it, the Rollmaster Second Edition Red Box Campaign Law is by far the best world building oh, cool. guide and GM guide yeah. that is good for any system. It awesome. is very good. A lot of people based future um, campaign and world building stuff off of the original Campaign Law Red Box. It's very good. Uh, let's see here. Vanda Beast has a question for us. What are your GM suggestions for running a con game? Follow up. What about for a pre-made adventure, like an adventure league module? So, uh, for con- convention games, are t- I, I, I feel like Matthew could probably mention, could probably uh, say that a little bit. Uh, say talk a little bit about that because he, he's uh, very good at uh, running convention games. Uh, Amanda, you've run uh, quite a I few convention games as well. So games, what, yeah. uh, what what do you want to uh, uh, give for for a tip for that? Be prepared. Do not expect your players to show up with any knowledge of the system or even any materials. Anything. Uh, have everything there ready for them to play. Even if your description says, like, hey, yeah, bring your own dice. Just have dice. People are going to forget them. Just be prepared. Just prepare yourself as if everyone walking up to your table has no idea what is going on and has nothing with them. Have all the pencils and scrap paper and pre-made characters, unless character creation is an integral part of the session. But I would generally recommend against that because con time slots are so sm- are so short. Um have extra dice, have everything just ready to go. Have it as prepared as possible for people to just walk up and play. The other thing is to clearly communicate expectations of what the content of the game is going to be. Mm. So similar to the horror game where you're like, this is 18 plus, this is only for 18 plus. This is also where uh, safety and calibration tools are extremely useful, just so that everybody at the table is on the same page of like, these are the things we are covering in this game. You don't have to spoil the game. You just say like, hey, uh, you know, like uh, we're going to have like, we're we're probably going to like run into murdering people or eyeballs coming out or whatever, because it's a horror game, terrible stuff like that. Just give like a short list of bad stuff and let your players say like, hey, this use whatever calibration tools work for you and have worked well for you in the past and you're comfortable with but they are good to use when you are gaming with strangers especially you do not know what people are okay with or not okay with rather than having an issue at the table get all that information out there ahead of time absolutely absolutely uh matthew actually says uh what amanda said uh be prepared play test twice Make sure you have that the scenario down. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, that's good. The advantage you have running a con game is you're dealing with um, somewhat canned content, so mm-hmm. you do have the advantage in yeah. that. Like, if you're going to be running the same game basically three times, um, it is just more helpful for you to memorize things as best you can, anyway. 
Um, like try to make sure you understand all the major plot points well in advance. Um, if there's any unusual mechanics that uh, monsters or NPCs have in the game, make sure that you have them well cemented in your mind. Like especially when it comes to spellcasters, because they can be really flat if you don't pl- if you like if you run into a thing. It's like oh, there's a wizard and five warriors in the room. Well, the warriors are easy. They run up and they whack things on the head. The wizard has a small arsenal at his disposal that he can do whatever the heck he wants with. So if you're not prepared to use those spells, your caster is going to come off really sad. Mm. So <laughs> the other the other the other suggestion that I would have for a convention game uh, is always have a clock like it within your view because like we said you know con con games have a specific time frame and a specific slot so you should know about where you're at in that session and mentally ahead of time maybe kind of earmark where each encounter Mm -hmm. should be in that time frame and kind of follow okay yeah we haven't got to this yet in the first 45 minutes we need to get to there before so kind of know the pacing of the scenario and kind of meant to take mentally note mental notes as to where you're at in this you know in the t- that time slot so then that way you're not like at the last 10 minutes and you still trying have, to get through three rooms <laughs> right and, and 45 minutes worth of worth of the session to do, so that goes to like what ben said earlier about hit points you know yeah. Yeah. if your next room is supposed to have five guys and they should all have 50 hit points and have three attacks and can basically really stockpile the party toss their hit points by half you know yeah still make them make them that way they're still they have big sticks still but they're a lot easier to take down they go down and, yeah yeah um and i don't even think that's necessary like keeping an eye of your time that's not even something that needs to be like a con exclusive tip yeah. uh if you know that your weekly gaming group has three hours to play and you want to get through x chunk of the adventure that you've planned out have an idea on how and where you want to hit those story beats um i know yeah. i played in some 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 roleplay games where it we got into it and we dragged out one part of an adventure for four hours and then we got into a fight and halfway through the fight it was hour five oh. and we're just like we gotta go to bed because we're adults and we have to work in the morning <laughs> like we're we've got negotiations we're, <laughs> to get you in the morning so like, like barney yeah and like while that first part of the adventure where we really role played it up was really good we could have cut it back a little bit with just a little bit of prompting from the gm to, to maybe move it along so that we didn't have to stop in the middle of a combat uh, that that the encounter was culminating in. And trust me, you don't want to stop in the middle of a combat ever. No, it is so awkward. We, I, my gaming group that meets biweekly, just did that. Uh, we just finished the combat actually this past week, and none of us had a clue what we were doing. None oh, of no. us knew what the situation was. We had to sit there for like thirty-five minutes, going, "Okay, I had done this, you had done that." He had done this. This guy moved over here. We took this guy out and then we stopped, right? And then we were all like, well, yeah, but what about, do I still have these spell slots? Oh, my, I don't remember what my hit points were, you know? And, and, oh, it was so awkward. I, I will say that was the, that's the only time where I've really found online gaming to be 
mm. have an advantage over in-person yeah. gaming is that it's very easy to save a board state and just yep. be sure. like we're, we're we just, play on foundry and is, it was this is what we're doing yeah. everybody's still right here and we've got all yeah. our stuff tracked and okay yeah. we can that was this, jump back into a combat fairly yeah. easily that was the saving to, grace for us on, yeah. on foundry actually I, I looked at my character sheet and i'm like Oh, I only have one third level spell. Then I'm like, what do I? And oh my god, I only have one third level spell for my seventh level cleric. I'm like, okay, so I'm basically tapped, <laughs> you know. But even then, I was just like, I don't remember what my plan was. I don't remember yeah. what the monsters had just yeah. done. Like stuff like that makes it awkward. Yeah. And even the GM was like, oh my god, I don't even remember half of this. I did not take thorough <laughs> enough notes. No, that's mm, that's uh, that's my one my one beef about my current GM actually is he's terrible. At remembering what he's said and done, does, lots does of. Take, do, do, do they take notes? He's he's like Doug notes. I yeah. take immaculate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you now? Well, I do when I GM. Actually, <laughs> I do have a notebook. Like that. That is one. Th that is one thing that I'll tell you. It's another tip that I have. Get a notebook, just like even a composition notebook mm -hmm. that you just have with you whenever you GM, because yep. jotting things down is totally fine. Like. Because this old man brain right here can never remember things like even like 15, 20 minutes later. So <laughs> well, just jot and, it down. And especially when you flip open the phone book and pick that random name, jot that right. down. So you, <laughs> so his name is Don't his forget. name is Doug one week and then, you know, and, yeah. uh, Dave George the next. The next. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing that does. I, that's actually happened a few times in games that I've played in where people forgot NPC names and it. As, as much as it's kind of like, oh God, that's funny, you know, haha, you forgot the guy's name. And then you give the guy a new name and you move on. It's still a little bit of a, oh man, <laughs> you know, there's that little bit of moment where you're just like, yeah, that sucks. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of liked where we were there, but now it's like completely different. It's like on a soap opera, you know, and the role of so-and-so is going to be played by blah, blah, blah this week. And you're just like, no, that's not that guy. To to piggyback real quick, Doug. I know I know you wanted to be this to be a short one, but we can yeah, make no, this right. go all night. We um, could make this you, go all night. I have more tips. Up, you you just put up the uh, the comment from Vandebeest that uh, they take better notes as a player than as a GM. As don't be afraid to talk to your players about what they've written down. Yes. Like they yeah. they most likely the players are taking better notes than you because you're you. you're juggling six things in a row. I've been in campaigns so. where the GM, because they either were not terribly good at taking notes themselves or just didn't want to be bothered. Either one is fine. Uh, they would actually award additional XP to whichever player gave the recap. Yep. I have um, the, the game that like, we play in like right not now. A, not a big boost, just a little extra. No, it does, like, not, doesn't have to be big at all. Like, here you go. You get five extra yeah. XP or whatever for giving the recap. The game I play in right now, we have, um, I gave them access to my D&D &D Beyond, which has like a, like 25 books on it. So the GM is really enjoying that. And um, I have a campaign that I named his campaign on my uh, on my D&D &D Beyond account. And everybody types notes in that and he can mm. see those. I like it. So I, I, like I gave that. him access to that. So he goes back through sometimes uh, when we beat him on the head with a stick and tell oh, him to go do yeah. it and say, hey, go back and read through this. And see, this is basically what we think we know, whether we listened and took the notes down wrong or not. That's on us. So like there's been a couple of times when he's caught us and like said, hey, you guys took the wrong note here or you took the wrong uh, you made you inferred the wrong thing from what I said. This isn't going to get you where you thought it was. And that's been actually interesting plot points for us where we've been like, oh my God, 
we this guy we thought this guy was being rude so we punched him in the face and walked out the door but in fact he was trying to help us and like he, he mentioned stuff like that to us just as an aside sometimes he's like oh yeah this guy was trying to help you but you were basically all jack butts or whatever and that's a, what it, that's where it ended off and it kind of screwed you out of a plot point uh all right what else so do we have any other uh GM tips and tricks and hacks. Uh, ben, do you have do you have another one? I've got I, I've got two two quick ones. Uh, all right, all right. One of them is a physical thing, um, a set of fudge dice. If you as a GM do not have a set of fudge dice, a lot of people know these as the fate die. Um, they have a yeah. plus side on one on two sides, a minus side on two sides, and a blank on two sides. Get yourself a set of these. A set is normally four. This is a quick, easy way to make random decisions without having to consult a chart and figure out if a d20 roll passes or fails. You literally roll these four dice, and if more pluses show up than negatives, something good happens. And if some more negatives than pluses show up, something bad happens. It's a super quick way to make these decisions. And just rolling a handful of dice behind your screen always gives the <laughs> gives the players just a little like you may be deciding if nervous you may decide that maybe I, it is it overcast today i don't know let's find out it is not it's a bright sunny day and they go oh no maybe it's not a bright sunny day what's happening <laughs> what he, he just rolled a bunch of dice why and then he mentioned the weather. We should pay attention to the weather. Like, look to the sky. So basically, you're you're instilling paranoia into your players. I I like challenging my players' per, like perceptions and 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 assumptions of the world. I I usually if they go way off base with their paranoia, I'll rein it. I'll I'll tell sure. them, hey, don't don't worry about it. But if if the party thinks you're up to something they're more engaged in the story they're more engaged mm -hmm. in the action of the game if they think you might be trying to pull something over on them they will pay attention rather than go like all right i'll just, just wait till it's my turn to roll initiative and and a set of fudge dice can go a long way to uh to uh keeping one their the, attention at the table one of the best things um that i like about fifth edition actually is they the concept of passive perception so yes. randomly when I'm playing when I'm playing D and D with guys, because sometimes I run a one off for the for my bi weekly group when there's uh when the GM can't make it. I'll just randomly while they're walking around be like, What's everyone's passive perception again? <laughs> Everyone immediately is like <laughs> and they're they everybody's just oh. suddenly looking at their sheet going oh. <gasps> what and then you see you get the you get of course the people who have no perception skill whatsoever, like, Oh my oh. god, I'm doomed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jason, um, what do you what do you, what do you got for you? You have another one. Uh, then we'll go back my, to ben. Uh, my last one would be: don't plan more than one session at a time. Oh my don't gosh, try yeah. to write an epic campaign sitting in a weekend. Plan like plan your first session. Like you want the party to meet the local townsfolk, maybe meet with the mayor and get their mission. That's a session right there. Next session, you're moving out on the adventure. You do the first couple of encounters. You plan out how long it's going to take, maybe plan a third encounter just in case they blow through the first two and stop. If you have ideas that lead to other things, write them down at the bottom of a page after all the rest of your notes saying, okay, next time for next week, maybe I do A, B, C, D, or E. And then as the players come up with uh, little things that they want to try, add those to the bottom of your notes. And then when you go to do your session planning, half of your session will already be in your head, if not all of it. 
But if you try to plan like an entire campaign where all oh, the characters are going to start off rags to riches and they're by the end of the adventure, they're going to be kings and queens and ruling the land. And don't do that to yourself because all it's going to do is give you massive anxiety because you're going to run into points where you're like, how do I get them from A to B? How do I get them from or from A to Z? Like worse to worse. Like just don't do that to yourself. Like there's no need to have a map with 105 towns and 35 points of interest and dozens of weird little encounters just you know draw what you need don't worry about the rest of it if they ask about the rest of the world give them some vague explanation like to the north there's the the lands of blah 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 where so and so resides we don't uh the current economy like the the, the politicians don't trade with them they're they're we're, we're kind of at a like a state of readiness for war or whatever you know just really vague and then if they want to go explore that that's when you start writing stuff about it other than that, it's just, it's a footnote. Don't let it consume more of your thought process than it needs to. All right, Ben, you've got one more? Uh, yeah, this is this is actually one I dispense at the shop an awful lot, especially to new GMs who come buy in and they're GM like, guide. yeah, buy the GM. Buy, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's remember you are a player at the table as well. Mm -hmm. your yeah. fun matters as well a lot of gms take on the gm role because their friend group really wants to play a role play game and they're the only one that kind of steps up sometimes they're forced into it a lot of times they they're the only ones like well i guess i'll do it now i gotta figure out you are a player too make Maybe sure the only you're one that bought the gm's fun. guide Maybe they are the only one that bought the gm's guide um but yeah you you are part of that table uh, role-playing while usually set GM and players it is a fully you know you're all working together to tell a story you may be adversarial at times you may be cooperative at times with the table so make sure you are having fun and kind of the follow-up to that is if you are not having fun talk to your players out of character about that and how you yep. can bring fun to the entire table because as a GM if you're not having fun no one's really having fun. That's true. No, like that's the so, thing. You're yeah. the filter through which all the fun flows, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So and yeah, so definitely be, talk to your honest. players. Yes. Yeah. Like after every session, honestly, even if everyone has to leave in like five minutes, just give them five minutes and say, "Hey, is everybody okay with what we did tonight? Anybody have any feedback? Like, let me know." And like, and, and be okay with constructive with, with constructive criticism. Yeah. Is that a transformer in your hand? It is a transformer in my hand. Put it down. <laughs> But I, I'm You're just hosting that, a like, talk show. Sorry, it's like what I do. It's like, like gotta my, play with his transformer. Fidget. I gotta play with my. Um, but like, it's don't take it personally if, if someone says, "Hey, you know what? I, I probably would have done this a little bit differently." Okay, yeah, cool. All right, don't don't get all upset about it and just be like, "Okay, yeah, maybe." That's See, that was constructive criticism on my party. Put the transformer down. <laughs> and, I'm not listening to, and I'm not listening to it because I've had it in my hands this whole session, and you just notice it now. Have you? I've seen you gesture with that hand before. There was no transformer in it. Uh huh. Magic trick, huh? It's yeah. that sleight of hand, that magic mm -hmm. trick. Exactly. That's a wizard, don't you know? Exactly. <laughs> Amanda, do you have any more uh, tips or tricks? Is that, are you all? What, what, do you have anything that uh, you you would like to add? I'm good. We're right. good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's see here. Jody says, I, I have more fun. Uh, I've had more fun running Tales from the Loop at conventions mm, because mm-hmm. I present the story and the player interactions feed mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I love uh, That's Tales what's fun Loop about, yeah, running uh, kids on bikes for me. I yeah. really like that, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. Cool, cool. Well, hopefully this, uh, you know, these last uh, hour and 20 minutes have uh, been helpful. Uh, Only an hour and 20 minutes? Come on, we can go longer. I know, right? It's uh, Well, it it won't be. This whole episode won't be an hour and 20 minutes before we're all said and done. Yes. But um, hopefully it has helped you. Hopefully it's inspired you. Um, If any of this has uh, helped, uh, let us know in the comments. If you have any trips, tips, tricks, trips, or (laughs) trips and traps, (laughs) uh, hacks, uh, let us know for GMs. uh, Let us know in the comments. So we'd love to, uh, to hear them. Because, uh, like I said, uh, you're never GM too old to learn something new as a GM. Exactly, as a GM, you always want to start. Not ever. Years. The moment you think you know everything is when you should stop GMing. <laughs> Go to being a player for a while, and I guarantee you, you will get that back. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chaotic Goodcast, episode 124. Next yeah. week, we'll be 125 episodes in. What kind of quarter? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. What? Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, Vandabeast, Jody, uh, Matthew, uh, Rodrigo. Let's see here. What else? It looks like Tony Vandenberg joined us last uh, right there at the end. Hungry Ewok. Uh, thank you, everyone, for, for joining us today. Uh, remind, I'll remind you that if you haven't if you've watched this all the way to this point, and you haven't hit that subscribe button, please hit that subscribe oh, button. We'd love to have you. You're trying us. to bop Amanda on the head. I, I, we'd love to have you join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, for the show. And we also do all sorts of other actual plays and, and uh, content. And we'd love to have you part of our community. Also, thank you, Brendanson, for uh, for joining us uh, and John as well. Doug, look at this. We had quite the quite the right. sh- show tonight. Uh, thank you so much uh-huh. to everybody for for joining us. That was episode 124. It was chaotic, but it was so good. See you next week. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, If you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, It really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victorycondition.gaming. We have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. Wow. So great. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for uh, for joining us. So, yeah, so uh, today... I actually, it was like the first uh, first time I had my daughter, because for those of you that, that don't know, I, I started teaching uh, last week, and uh, I actually had uh, my daughter in life science class uh, today, and I didn't even realize that she was going to be in this class, and she walks in, and she's like, oh no, I don't want to be here. She's like, I can't believe this is happening. I don't, and like all of her, like her friends that were around her, didn't realize what was going on and they actually actually were starting to get concerned that she was like something bad was happening. She was genuinely in trouble or something. Hey, are you all right? Like what's wrong? She's like, I just don't want to be here right now. And like she's just playing she's just playing it it up. As your child would as my as my daughter does all the time. Being dramatic. Right. And she goes, like what's what's the matter? Like my dad's teaching this this class. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, really? 
Yes. And 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 so it was actually really it was it was a good class. My kid, my my kid is a good student from from what I can tell. And like, <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I did tell her though <laughs> to start of the class, I said, Sydney, you behave in this class. Otherwise, I'm going to to ask you in front of everybody if you want to have lunch with me later. Oh, that's terrible. And she was like, she was perfect the whole the whole class. <laughs> But it was so great. Like her friends were like so so super nice, and like one of them actually called me Bestie Doug. That's funny. Yeah, I think I think they were more just kind of like kind of giving uh, Sydney a hard time. Ribbon well, Sydney yeah, about it. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. If you she's she's bothered by it, let's all make it a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> super super nice. Yeah. Matthew sent awesome. me a picture on Facebook of him with his Twilight two thousand box. Oh. <laughs> Is there a way to ban people from the YouTube chat? <laughs> um, actually, there is. Let me there see. There is. Here. I know. Oh no! Oh no! no it's no, the end of you, Matthew. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been been interesting. Uh, interesting, but uh, yeah. So I didn't. T- I also told. Did I tell you guys about my second day? I also worked at an elementary school my second day. Did I tell you guys about this? How are we letting him I, be in charge I, of children? I don't know. I, I don't know how this so, happened. <laughs> So we should maybe get them to to uh, to add to uh, check his podcast as well. But yeah, so the elementary school they decided they were gonna they, they it was like they were doing class outside, like mm-hmm. out, it was like outdoors oh. class in the morning, like like and of course it's 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 been kind of cold here and, and kind of rainy and and did that here that'd be child endangerment. So they're like okay, so they get the kids together and they're like okay, everybody, hey, listen, listen, listen up, it's really muddy really wet we don't want you running through the mud and making a whole bunch of mess because you're going to trample it and trampling it through we don't want you to get all gross and, and met muddy so just be careful don't get all muddy class goes on just fine perfect they did some activities outside all this and that um one of the towards the end of the session they're like hey okay kids you have you have explore time cool we go they all go explore one of the kids comes up to me and says hey doug would you like to go to would you like to come to the pond would you like to come to the pond like sure i'd, I'd love to come to the pond with you guys like let's let's go and they like bolt off and so we run over to the pond there's this little pond and there's a whole bunch of like big rocks all around the pond and you know there's all sorts of weeds and and you know everything and you have to like jump on top of the rocks to pond, get to the, pond get to things the pond. yeah just pond and things. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like the the pond is kind of icy over. It's got like an inch of ice, and they're like throwing rocks and like sticks at it, trying to break the ice, which is fine. Then all of a sudden, they're like, the the teacher, the uh, the director was like, okay, everybody, it's time to come in. Explore time's over. We gotta go in. And of course, I'm out there in the pond. It's like a ways, like a little bit off the path. All the kids dart, dart. Like okay, they're like, boom. Like we gotta get back to the, we gotta get back to the where where everybody is, right? They leave me there, and of course I'm on like these big rocks and everything, and I'm trying to like run and I'm, I am who I am, you know. <laughs> what do I do? I slip and fall in the mud. Oh no! <laughs> and my shoe gets stuck in the mud as I'm running and trying to get and yeah, so. Who's the guy that makes the mess and 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 makes all of the new guy at the stu- the school? Yep. Not the kids. Kids were great. This guy <laughs> right here. That new teacher. Constantly in trouble. 
because the kids the kids were great. Like I, I I will say that it it is like the kids that that like you you connect with and like you teach them things like that. There's something really like I like. It's 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 kind of neat, you know. It's it's when when it's it's kind of like teaching somebody how to or, or introducing someone to to RPGs. Like you, get, when they finally get it, like and they have that moment. That's kind of what teaching is, almost, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony says more like mudless shoot. Oh. Uh, 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 that's, not, uh, uh, that's not very nice, Tony. But it is kind of funny. It <laughs> yeah it's been been super fun um yeah i go back uh, you know it's been uh, it's pretty much been are you day. just on call or is it like a scheduled thing or what uh no I, well it's a little bit of both a little, little bit of both they know that like there's certain days where i can't come in because i've got like uh conference calls and and everything and then yeah. they know that I, i've got conventions to do so they kind of uh-huh. like let me have days off there, so I'm just grateful that they have a warm body watching children. Honestly, yeah, it's it's yeah. really like I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, like uh, I didn't realize how dire that like the whole schooling system is with uh, everything that's going on. Like we all know that the hospital, like the, the the medical you know field is is just hurting. Like and Jason, you can attest to this. Like just because you know there's the burnout so is real. On. I, I it's just it's it's really close to that same level in the schooling system yeah. too. It's it's tough. It's tough. Um, and and you know what the, the the major thing are the kids. The kids are the ones that are feeling the brunt of it. And and yeah, you know, yeah. I, I try to keep that in 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 mind. You know, when I have a class and and you know, I try to keep them on task. I try not to, you know, get on them too much. But it, you know, and, and the other thing you got to think about. Is that a lot of these class? A lot of these kids. The senior class this year is the only class that has had a typical high school year. Yep. Like everybody else has had like some sort of weird amalgamation yeah. of a pseudo uh, school of a, yeah. Yeah, of a high school experience, and yeah. that's, well, that's tough. Yeah, my my first grader, I keep on getting these like notes home about his behavior, and I'm like, he literally hasn't been in school yet. Like this is yeah. the first time he's yeah. having to do school, and he's in first grade. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's all screwed up. So this right. is his this is his impression of the education system right now. So right. good on you guys. Gee, I wonder why he's rolling around on the floor pretending to be a taco. Yeah, <laughs> I mean As that's just does. normal. That's just normal behavior like for everyone. Do. I was gonna say like that. That's a typical Tuesday for me. Uh, but dur- during math, maybe not maybe the a little bit time. less appropriate. Yes, maybe not the best time for that. Yeah, that's yeah. the worst part about it is so many so many students, especially the first year of COVID, when they basically just hand waved everybody's grades even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like so many people passed and everybody was probably thrilled with the fact that they didn't have to do exams. But at the end of the day, you got employers now down the road and colleges and universities looking at things going, Well, you're a COVID kid. What do you know? <laughs> right. Like, what do you actually know? <laughs> yeah, like you missed a whole year of school where we would normally be looking at those grades and we can't really trust those grades because you guys didn't have a normal year of school so like how like how is that going to affect people's acceptances to high to colleges and universities colleges are gonna have to figure it out 
Yeah. They need students to make quotas and enrollment fees and stuff like that. So, right. so I'm sure they won't have to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'm sure it's, it's like going to upset some people. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, when it all started and everyone was like, oh, but the kids are getting so behind. I'm like, I'm much more concerned that everybody stays safe and healthy and, and we can recalibrate yeah. what behind means later. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with finances and stuff like that too. Like a lot of, a lot of countries and economies are like, Oh my God, we're never going to recover from this. At some point they're going to have to w at, just say, okay, this is a thing that happened to everyone. We can't penalize everyone. We're, we're just going to have to pick it up and move on, like accept a loss and move on. Like those, those are your options, either that or go out of business. Yeah. tough it's it's tough the good thing is the good the 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 one bright spot is that doug's a teacher no that's not a bright spot that's that's not doug's a teacher people call him mr shoot they don't actually i tell them to call me doug i i hate i hate being called mr shoot mr shoot is my dad's name somebody we got to get a hold of sydney called dad thing to say mr shoot's my dad what is this Ben, you're we, muted. we've got to get a hold of Sydney. I muted Ben on purpose, so oh, yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I was typing. I, I usually oh that too, but I, I was just uh, <laughs> that too. Wow. Uh, I was just uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just as long as they're respectful to me, like I don't care. They can call oh, me Doug. I I, I don't tolerate anyone at work calling me Mister. No, I don't care who you are. Nobody calls me Mister. Well, I call you Mr. I hope well, some of your students are watching and they find one of these old relics called a phone book. And when they're like, okay, what are we calling Doug today? <laughs> Get. All right. Larry Wilcombe. That is, <laughs> that's who we're calling Doug today. You know what I, today in one of the classes, like the kids started calling each other like different names because they know I don't know their names yet. <laughs> and so they were purposely the, trying the to like. Typical make, substitute yeah, swap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Steven. This is Steven. Like, hey, Dan. And like, they, they were purposely, like, at least I, I knew that like, they were like doing it because they kept on emphasizing, you know, saying, Oh, in yeah, elementary school, I had yeah. a, I, I had a set of twins in my grade, and they do, oh, do that word. all oh. the time. Yeah. Oh, they messed with all the teachers so bad. It was amazing. It was I, I have amazing. I have two sets of cousins that are both twins, and they do that all the time. <laughs> I, I have a set of cousins that used to like do that to their girlfriends. No, yeah. that's not okay. Dude, that's, that's not, not okay. cool. That's no, not that's cool. Not okay. That's not okay. I'm drawing nope. the line there. That's not I, okay. One, one of my cousins stole the other one's driver's license because he got his driver's license taken oh. away for several DUIs. Oh, no. And that is also not okay. He has Messing literally been with driving. Teachers. Messing with it, substitute teachers. Yeah. That's fine. Harmless fun. His, his, That's not okay. Uh, his license has been suspended for the last two no, years. Sir, he's been driving no. around on his twin's license. No. And he's gotten two DUIs on that license now. No. Oh, no. So, oh, no. and the other twin knows, but so they don't bad. interact. Oh, so what is he supposed to do? Cancel his own driver's license? Oh, like he's not even, goodness. he doesn't even know what to do about it. Because right. he keeps telling him, well, he keeps telling him, he's like, dude, you got to stop doing this. And because he's, he keeps giving him chances because he's his brother. <laughs> oh my. Oh, oh no. Yeesh. This is 
is the dark side of twin yeah took this dark so so apparently the post credit scene is how to really mess with your twin <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> here's your twin chips like, and hey, hacks it's a primer you know on identity I theft totally, <laughs> i could totally ruin your life just by looking like you <laughs> like, oh no identity theft the ins and outs <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we're going to call it an episode. <laughs> Before we say stop. any more. Yeah. The, the, the advice given by the Chaotic Good Cast does not necessarily reflect that victory condition game. We hate that exactly. hour and a half mark and our advice just degrades. Yeah. Really yeah. Quickly. Would you like this to do was, something illegal? This we was can a help. productive show. Not anymore. All right. See you all next week. <laughs>